Welcome to the Write It Down podcast at home edition. I'm your host, Brooke Murata, bringing you one-on-one interviews to challenge, inspire, and encourage. I'm pleased to announce the second portion of Dr. Mike Ronsis Valley and I's conversation. Our first portion of our episode was about the clinical approach to a mental health regime. And now we go into faith and how you can have faith and clinical help when it comes to mental health. I know you guys enjoyed the first one, and I'm excited to introduce the next one. So sit back relax and get your pens ready because this is write it down. And, you know, I, I do want to pick your bank, your brain, um, on this as well. Cause I want to talk about your background, um, and yeah. why you went into this, this field, uh, personally, and then right. also where your faith comes into play with this because they can coexist very healthily together. So do you mind sharing with us a little bit of your journey of why you went this route? Because you're not just a doctor, you got your master's in theological studies. So I'm definitely interested in picking your brain about that and how the two can blend together healthily. Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you my story. Um, I'm born and raised here in in Brevard County. Uh, So I'm a, I'm an old Florida boy and Grew up in Merritt Island, Florida, and had a couple pivotal experiences when I was young. And really, the the pivotal experiences I had related more to friends that I had. There were there was a couple friends in particular that I had whose parents got divorced. And I know that that doesn't seem like you know a big deal nowadays, but for me and for these these buddies that I had, it was like these earth shattering moments. Right. I was close to the families, and it just was it was it just impacted me dramatically. Um, and so towards the end of high school, I started to recognize, man, I, I want to figure out how I can be a part of the solution for, for some of this toxic stuff that just has been so difficult to manage. So I went to UCF, got an undergraduate degree in psychology. And while I was there, I loved UCF It was a great school, but it was, it was like shocking how, and antagonistic that psychology program was to my faith. I've grown up in the church. Like I've always understood that I'm a part of something bigger. Like I believe that more than anything that's within me, that right. like we're, we're all, we're pawns in a bigger game. Yep. Right. And there's a God that's bigger than us. That's called us out to do things that matter. And, and I, that's part of like, that's like literally in my core. And so I'm right. sitting in these classes at UCF and they're talking about faith and a belief in God, like it's toxic or like it's some sort of um, dysfunction that needs to be teased out and like identified in someone's brain and like crushed. So it was disturbing to me. I wanted to be a psychologist, but I was almost scared. Uh, What's going to happen if I continue to put myself in situations where I'm letting people speak into me things that I just, I don't believe about what, the meaning of life is all about. So I took a step back and I said, before I ever go get a doctorate, I'm going to go get a master's in theology so that I can understand why I believe what I believe. (laughs) I knew like I had a, I had an experience, but I knew who God was for me. But as far as my ability to, to combat in my own mind, like some of the stuff the professors were saying, I, I, I couldn't. So I spent two years and I studied the Bible. Like I never had before. I took I don't know, four semesters of Greek. I could, I could read a Greek new Testament, like translated. Yeah. 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 Incredible amounts of work, but 
I did that and I'm, I'll never regret doing that because I feel like it did just lay foundations for me that allowed me to function as a psychologist out of a genuine relationship where I own who I am. I'm a Christian. It's just who I am. I work with all kinds of people. I mean, I work with people that are atheists. I work with people that are Christians. I work with people that are gay. I work with people that are straight. I mean, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm going to meet somebody where they're at right? and I can love them. I don't care what's going on in their life, but I'm a Christian. Like that's just who I am. Right. It's your um, identity. Right. So I, I ended up going, it's funny. I didn't realize this when I was at, at UCF. I went to Wheaton college to get my doctorate. I didn't realize that there were a couple of Christian schools that actually offered these APA approved uh, graduate programs. So I went to Wheaton and they helped me even tease that out even more um, to understand how faith plays into to psychology and especially in the healing, you know, in people's lives. Right. Right. And I, and that's, that's the, that's the word right there, right. Healing. And as Christians, we believe that Jesus came to bind up the brokenhearted and, and heal those with wounds and to bring compassion to people and bring them to a journey of wholeness. And we, I think there are so many things that we can't see, right? If you're, if you're a Christian and maybe non-Christian, you believe there's something else that's going on behind the scenes that we can't see. So we know that as like spiritual world, like spiritual warfare and things like that. But then you have the whole brain health going on too, that you can't see. And so there's all these different things and not that every bad thought that comes into your head is the devil coming to get you. I mean, we live in just a chaotic world. It's just like, there's going to be tornadoes and hurricanes, you know, there's going to be mental health issues. There's going to be death and disease. And so I I love that you were on a quest to um, not only prove to others, but prove to yourself of like, Oh, I can hold both my faith in Christ and be very, very knowledgeable on getting people healthy, no matter their background. Um, you said, you said something ahead. earlier that I think is super relevant for this conversation. Cause you were talking about like generationally, how things have shifted. Right. And I, I agree with you wholeheartedly that especially older generations in the church in particular, kind of the MO was mm-hmm. bucket up. Like Jesus loves you. Right. So just move on yeah. and, yeah. and don't, be, don't, yep. don't be depressed. Like, stop it. You know, just like, don't you love Jesus? So let's go. And the more we deny emotion and the more we pretend we're not oppressed, depressed or anxious, the more power it actually has mm-hmm. in our life. And kind of the cool part for me, so I'm studying all this stuff about uh, cognitive behavioral therapists, for instance, which is why I ended up being a cognitive behavioral therapist. And I started to recognize even the biggest like atheist psychology professors believed one thing, thought, the thought life was was the most powerful factor in a person's mental health. And then I started to connect that to the idea of, wait, if I read the Bible as a Christian, like it's impossible to not understand that the battlegrounds are mine. Like, you know, it, we're transformed when we, what? Renew, renew our, mind. our minds, right. right? It's all over scripture. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So I, I to me, that was this incredible way that I could fit those two pieces together. Like my faith, and my understanding of the technology God has revealed through through psychology and help people really get better. Right. And and it's like the it's debunking the stigma that if you go to counseling or if you go on medicine or if you go seek help or go to these extensive therapies, then you're weak. 
like you're basically admitting that you're kind of an outcast because, you know, if you had, you know, psychological issues, then you should be at a, a center, you know, yeah. you should be like on a psych ward by yourself. And it's like, but then when people start opening up more about it and that everybody has a predisposition to some sort of mental health issue, because we are humans, um, it's actually, I feel like this really awesome thing that the Lord has been doing in the church and with, with people is opening our eyes to go, okay, like your salvation and like your, your spirit and you're safe, you're good. And, and even your, your, um, your body and your mind, you're safe in him. But it's this idea that like, we are still battling a world that is, was, is not meant for us right now. And so there are awesome tools in place and awesome, you know, uh, psychologists in place that can come and help us. And when you go and sit in a room and you're sussing out certain things and the way that you view things, all you sometimes need is like, Hey, look at it through this lens. And, and I think that's the, the biggest help that counseling can, can offer. Sorry. Go ahead. No, it's good. I, you're pre you're preaching, you know, like you're, you're saying exactly what we need to hear in the church. And in some ways, you know, the church is not perfect, right? We're, it's full of imperfect people. And, and I get that, but man, the church has actually done an incredible job in the last couple decades of beginning to crush the stigma of mental health, right? right? Like we're starting to to acknowledge, recognize, and and truly embrace the idea that we do live in a broken world. Right. And I don't care, you know, how you know you can you can pray for you know 24 hours straight and come out on the other end of that experience still feeling like I'm in this dark night of the soul. Mm-hmm. And 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 God, you know, sometimes uses people like that, like look like, let's just be honest. He uses people to speak directly into our lives. And that's all therapy really is. If, yeah. you, if you, if you understand what's happening, it's just you getting in a room with somebody and allowing yourself to be honest with yourself and with that therapist. And as that honesty starts to come out of your mouth and you start to talk, look, God reveals himself and those thoughts begin to shift and the core beliefs. That's what I really try to focus on with people is, the core beliefs about what makes us acceptable and worthwhile and significant and valuable and level lovable begin to begin to really turn. And what I have found is the more open we get in the church, the more we have people like Brooke doing the write it down Mm -hmm. broadcast and and talking about this stuff, the more we're able to, to shift our focus at the core, at the core of who we really are to this reality that I am enough. I'm enough. All things are for him. All things are through him. All things are to him. God, I, I'm just going to do my best. Right. I'm going to focus on the healthy process. I'm going to do the next healthy thing. And you know what? The outcomes are yours and I'm not, and I might blow it and I might mess it up and I might miss the mark. And that's called being human in a broken world, but through all of it, he's there and he's present and he's in control of what happens next. And that kind of that kind of peace that comes from that new core belief that people start right. to generate and that start to live out of, man, you just can't buy it. I don't, you can't yeah. buy, I don't care how much money you have. You can't buy the comfort and, and the contentment of just being able to say, you know what, God, I did, I gave it all I've got and it, and, and the outcome is yours. 
We're going to take a quick break to discuss Write It Down's brand new website. You can head over to widpod.com, W-I-D-P-O-D.com, and see all the goods. You'll notice a banner at the top of the page that says learn more. If you click that link, it'll show you how you can support Write It Down. P.S. My favorite part about the website is the Wid Wall, which is a collection of all the Write It Downs from the show. This podcast is made possible by the 1513 Network. So show the network some love and support by listening to their other shows. If not, just stick with Write It Down, because I'm the coolest, the realest, the illest. Now, back to the show. It's 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 freeing. It's freeing to know that like the 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 heavy lifting is not on us and something that I have even learned. And it's, you know, I kind of want to echo this. I don't want to go too far into this um storyline right now in this podcast, but or this episode, I should say, is when you said you can sit there and pray it away and pray it away and pray it away, and then you can still come out of it and be like, okay, well, I'm still feel like a mental case. And I've personally gone through that. Um, because I didn't ever like, I, I kind of trended along the lines of, I grew up in a very safe environment, a good home, nothing like that I knew of was like overly traumatic. And, you know, so if I started to feel depressed or anxious, I was like, oh, just rebuke it, move on. Like, it just has no business being here until that wasn't enough. Right. Until you're like, wait a second, like there's something actually going on. I'm, I feel like crazy and I feel sad all the time and all these different things. Long story short, I got diagnosed with OCD and there's a subset of OCD called scrupulosity. And, you know, people, you can look this up, but it's basically when you are obsessing over religious things or moral things, or the way that, you know, your higher power. And in my case, it's Jesus. Cause I believe he is the highest power, but in that case of like, what do I need to do? Right. It's a, it's a, it's a sense of control in your life. If, if I'm doing this right, it's almost like karma, then our magical thinking, if I do this correctly, then this will breed X result. And so I was living in an equation in my brain for longer than I like wanted to, and didn't know it kind of came out of nowhere. And as I process through this in my faith and my own mental health journey, the things that the thing that I have found the most true to be about Jesus as a believer is um, he's compassionate. And the way that God describes his heart in scripture is through Jesus. When Jesus said that my heart is gentle and lowly. And I think that is something that can free anybody because there is sometimes this level of, oh my gosh, I don't want to mess up. God's up there watching me. Whether you have scrupulosity, whether you don't, whether you have the best sound mind in the world, there's a level of God is up here. I'm down here. I'm a royal screw up. Maybe I can do something to get a little better. And the most freeing thing in my own mental health journey was realizing that, whoa, 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 whoa. All of that heavy lifting and that negotiating was done. It's done. It's done. You don't have to worry about it. That's the reason you can be free. That's the reason you can have peace that passes all understanding. That's the reason you don't have to stress if COVID's going to ruin your life or your business or X, Y, and Z that was going on the last couple of years. And that's, I mean, probably linked more towards you know, a lot of people's rise of mental health was the world shut down. You know, the things that you used to be able to do now, all of a sudden you don't have an outlet. You don't have a coping mechanism. You're inside with your thoughts and your five siblings thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> like it's just chaos. Yeah. So anyways, I, I absolutely love like your, your heart posture towards um, your profession. I think it's absolutely what we all need. 
So, well, I listen, I, I appreciate you saying it um, because it, it, I'd be lying if I said it was, it wasn't hard, you know, sometimes to deal with the brokenness. I spend a lot of my time just trying to speak into my staff and the other folks that are here, that are in the trenches with people 24 seven. Um, Cause it's a lot like what you just described with COVID has been mm. shocking. I mean, that's the only way I can say I've been doing this for a long time now. I mean, we've been in Brevard for since 2004, I think with clinics and I've never seen another moment in time where people are hurting as much as they're hurting right now. And this, and it's the scary part is it's no respecter of person, right? Like it, right. like there, you've got kids, you got adolescents that are terribly depressed and anxious. They don't know how to talk to someone face to face that two years that, you know, we had off from actually being living, yeah, living life, know, living right. life and being out and doing things has had a tr- dramatic impact on the way our kids are functioning. So you know, when you mentioned the pandemic and what it did to us, what it ultimately what it did is it put us in a situation, some of us were the first time in life we couldn't control an outcome. And how crazy is that? Like I going to Publix might just be the end of me. And we just toilet paper is still twenty dollars. I was there yesterday. Right. It's crazy. And yeah. so we just we just didn't know how to respond to it. And right. so you've got adolescents that are still anxious and depressed. You've got parents and adults who just don't know where to turn. And the beauty of all of it is the more we can surrender the outcomes, the healthier we get. Yeah. The more we focus on the process and surrender the outcomes, the healthier we get. Can I tell you a story? I think this will help. Can yes, okay? yeah, yes, absolutely. Please. Right. So, so here's, here's, how this kind of started to really make sense for me. Um, I started to read um, a lot about what they call the flow or the zone. I don't know if you've read much about that. Yeah. And, I, and it reminded me of when I was just a kid in high school, graduating from Maradon High School. I remember like it was yesterday. Michael Jordan was just starting to come on the scene. You know, I remember the first time somebody wore a pair of Jordans to school and I was like, what are those? Those are cool. You know, yeah, so yeah. he was, he was, he was becoming who he was. And there was a game where I think they were playing the Portland trailblazers and, and they were down. It was kind of this game where you felt like, man, the tide is really turning and the bulls are going to lose again and they're not going to make it to the finals. And you could just kind of see it all playing out. Right. And Phil Jackson calls this timeout and Whatever he tells the team, I mean, they should like that should be scripted and like told to every athlete in, in, in the bedroom world. doors, yeah. like when like you're walking out the, the house. Every, yeah. Everywhere, tattooed on your chest. Yes. I don't know. Yes. But whatever he said worked because Jordan came out of that huddle, out of that timeout, and he was absolutely on fire. Like I think he scored like six three pointers in one quarter. And it's if you've ever seen that picture where he's shooting. And it's this video and he looks at the sidelines and he like raises his hands like yes. that. He's like looking like, I, I can't believe I'm this good. You know, it's right. that, it was that game. And I remember thinking, man, they went on to win that game, by the way. They, yeah. and, and he wow. went on to become who he was, who was the, the, in my opinion, the greatest of all time. 
Um, that's debatable, no. but I think he's the greatest of all time. I agree. I agree. This is a safe <laughs> place. <laughs> yes. So, so they started to say, how is it that Jordan can be such a winner? Like he's a winner. He wasn't the biggest guy on the court. He wasn't the best athlete on the court. He wasn't even the best shooter, but somehow when the game was on the line, he would win. And so they studied Jordan and other high performing athletes. And they started to recognize that athletes that, that operate at peak performance have an, like an obsession with the process. Like they love the process, right? So he would shoot free throw after free throw after free throw. He knew exactly how the ball was supposed to feel when it came off his fingertips. He knew exactly what the footwork was like when he went up for a three-point shot. And in the end of the game, when the pressure's on and all the anxiety is there and the pressure's there, and you know, the metaphor for us is the pressures of our world are crowding in. When, when you focus on the little micro movements and on the process, you perform well. Mm. When you focus on the outcome and you start to freak out about whether or not you're going to win, you start to worry about how the ref is, is calling the game, the guy that's jabbing in your ear, you focus on the stuff outside of you, you get super anxious and you fail. Mm -hmm. And then they recognize, wow, it's not just athletes. It's hyper, it's high-performing CEOs. It's composers. It's architects. It's artists. Artists, people can get in, in the zone or the flow of something and they just begin to almost lose time and they have this obsession with the process and they they release outcomes completely and those people are the people that we look at those are the elon musks of our world those are those are the jeff bezos of our world who have just this uncanny ability to 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 risk it all focus on healthy process and in the end like incredible things happen and so the lesson for us is the more we focus on the process, the more we focus on right here, right now, I'm just going to release this pressure that I'm putting on myself to somehow do it right. This religious scrupulosity that you dealt with is paralyzing. Like you, oh, it is. you start to, you start to worry about, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not, I've got to do more. And, I, and it's about me and it's about me doing it perfectly. It, you end up miserable. But when crazy. we can, oh my gosh, <laughs> crazy. There's yeah, that. you do. I, and it's, it's a, it's a prison and, yeah. and, you know, I have to plug this because I'm a Miami Dolphins fan that just happened to the Miami Dolphins playing the Ravens this last weekend. We were down like 14 to 35 and we ended up winning. We had like no points the third quarter at all. We were still down in like the fourth quarter. Yeah. We're scoring like touchdown after touchdown. I'm like, what happened? Like, I mean, but that's the truth, right? Is like, there's something that happens between performance and the things that we don't see, the audience doesn't see. And it's the same thing in your mental health journey um, or any journey. It could be starting a business. It could be starting a family. It could be dating somebody when, and I think of that verse of like, don't despise the small beginnings right. because those are the, those are the starting points that add up. Those little micro things add up. And I think it makes for a stronger story and a stronger outcome when you have more layers to it. And mm -hmm. so I love that, that analogy that you just shared with us about, you know, it, it, it's more of a process and the process is, doesn't need to be miserable, you know, at, at all. Um, I do, before we get to the end of our show, I like to ask a few rapid fire questions for you, if you're good. And I feel like I could talk to you for hours. So we're definitely gonna have to keep <laughs> doing this because I think right. these are helpful. Um, Mac or PC computer. Mac Mac all the way. Have you always been a oh. Mac guy? Like since it came out? Um, yeah, we had, we had, 
I'm about to show how old I am. <laughs> we had the first, there's like this little um, Macintosh. It was like this big. Can you see how it, it was, yeah. it was maybe, and it had the screen was like that big. And I remember when we got that, it was the biggest deal in the world. And, and, and I loved it. And when I used to draw this little program on it, I ended up switching to PC because Mac didn't keep up for a minute, but yeah, we've been buying Macs. I mean, I'm an iPhone guy. So you, if you're an iPhone guy, you kind of have to have a Mac, have a Mac. right? I mean, it's true. Right. It's yeah. true. I need to get a Mac. I have an iPhone and it's time to get a Mac and just rip uh, off the bandaid. We gotta, we gotta do this. I, yeah, it's time. Yeah. Yeah. Song that inspires you for your, your field or anything in your life. You're like, when you hear it, you're like, mm. man, you're, you're killing me on this one. Um, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I could have braced you for this. I could have given you a free, no, a free just, interview I'm not, for like, I'm not like a, I'm not, my wife is this huge music person and I just kind of like it all. Um, <laughs> I would say, uh, <laughs> can I just be really lame and, and, yeah. and say probably like one of the old hymns of the church. I know that's as, as square no? as you can okay. get, but like, um, it is well with my soul. I mean, how do you, how do you beat that? It's true. I know that, not sexy but it's, yeah no it's nice no but it yeah. is it's calming because yeah. that is it's a whether you sing it or just read the words having mm-hmm. that piece of like i'm good it's well yeah and and it's yeah. it's more of a declaration so i like that um one language you'd love to learn you kind of already said that you know some greek so what's a language you'd love to learn so i mean i took four years of spanish between high school and college yeah. and can't speak like a word of right, it. So right. it'd be nice to actually be able to speak Spanish. Speak I think Spanish. It's, it's true. You know, yeah. And it's, it's common. So it's like, it's, it's a good language to have to be bilingual in English and Spanish is a, yeah. is a good thing. Well, I'm Italian. Like my, my grandmother was and grandfather were from Sicily off the boat. Oh my God. So, so are my, yeah. so are my great Seriously? grandparents, like Ellis oh, Island, like came over. Yep. Are you serious? Yeah, I'll have to that's find. Crazy. We have this like certificate. I'll send you a picture after yeah. the show. Okay, okay. it's hilarious. <laughs> so I'd like to learn time, but it doesn't seem as relevant. Spanish just seems super relevant. Yeah, Spanish is very relevant. Okay, last little rapid fire. Would you rather pull weeds or move furniture? Pull weeds. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get the dirt. Let's because because you can like when you're done. Yeah. It it, it like looks and feels satisfying better yeah. right right like, it's like 30 minutes later it's like look what i did you know and the house yeah. looks great the furniture is just i don't know that's my it's my wife cool. loves to do yeah she loves to do the furniture i'm like, like indoor stuff well yeah. i think furniture like really shows you if you get along or vibe with the person you're meeting furniture with and we have this joke in my family that i can't move furniture but i can i just always say like to my parents like you guys don't verbalize what you want me to do so it, like in their <laughs> head they're telling me to move back into the right and then right. I run into the door and they're like, you're not listening. I'm like, you didn't say anything. I'm like, <laughs> I don't have furniture common sense. It's a thing. It's a skill that I don't have, or I don't know if I ever will, but we are hey, at that hey. point of the show where I ask each guest, to give the audience something to write down. So Dr. Mike Ronson's Valley, what is your write it down? My write it down is process over outcome. Every time. I love process that. Over I love that. Write it down. Dr. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Write It Down podcast. This podcast is a part of the 1513 Network. 
You can catch a variety of shows on their website, 1513.com. If you enjoy listening to Write It Down, please subscribe, share with your friends, and if there's any ink left in your pen, write a review. For more content, follow the fun on Instagram by following at W-I-D-P-O-D. That spells WIDPOD. Super cool. Stands for Write It Down Podcast, but it's abbreviated to WIDPOD. Anyways, thanks for listening, and we will catch you later.